Passage of this bill, I believe, is an investment in Alaska's future. In my opinion, this is the worst bill I've ever seen as a member of the legislature. Those vetoes, I think, are harmful to public education. I've learned one very strong thing is you don't always know people's motives. They appear to have a head-in-the-sand approach to budgeting. I'm disappointed. I'll be sending a letter today. We're in the governing business. We're not in the kicking-the-can business. Welcome to the Empty Office Podcast, which is a production of the office of Senator Lukey Gail Tobin. I'm Mike Mason. Today's episode features a speech given by Senator Tobin to school district superintendents, principals, and others from around Alaska who gathered in Juneau for the annual legislative fly-in of the Alaska Council of School Administrators. Senator Tobin spoke about the historical struggle to establish a public education system in the United States and Alaska. During her speech, Senator Tobin also spoke about the ongoing struggle in the Alaska State Legislature to increase funding for public education. Senator Tobin delivered her speech on February the 4th at Centennial Hall in Juneau. Thank you again for having me today. I am just so excited to be here, although I'm a little bit scared as my president is still here in the room. And he is the one who started Senate Education that I am so privileged to be the chair of. I also want to give a bit of a disclaimer as I wrote this speech on the airplane this morning. So if I stumble, it's because of that. I also am a millennial, so I'm going to talk a little bit about Instagram. Is everyone very excited about this? (laughs) Well, I'm not going to specifically talk about the platform. I'm going to talk about something that I saw recently. While scrolling aimlessly, I was probably putting off cleaning up or doing something important, and I came across a post. And the post was about a woman named Ruby Bridges. Do people here know who Ruby Bridges is? Well, for those who don't, and it's okay if you don't, there's a lot of history we need to know these days. But Ruby Bridges is the first black person to integrate a school in 1960. And I think it's really important for us to know the story of Ruby and why she walked into that all-white school in Louisiana, because her story is the story of public education here in the United States. So we're going to start from the beginning. Pre-Civil War, public education didn't exist. It was pay to play. If you had the money, your kids were able to go to school. Before 1860, less than 1% of the population went to a four-year institution to earn a higher education degree. Now, our founders very much believed in public education, but they didn't really have the system to pay for it. They didn't have the infrastructure. And we know through historical documents that many of the abolitionists disagreed with this reality and they fought diligently to change things, but it was an uphill battle. There was a series of successes and abject failure. We talk about the Morrill Act. This was an act to establish land-grant universities and pay for public education, 
and when it was first introduced and made it past the finish line, and we know how hard it is to get something past Congress and to a president's desk, it was vetoed by President Buchanan. It would take President Lincoln's signature to make that become law. And we know before and after Lee's surrender that Louisiana was working on building a system of public schools for both free black folk and for poor white southerners. And that many religious institutions built public schools across the South. And we know here in Alaska that pre-purchase, the Russian commercial company built schools in indigenous communities, had priests learn the local language, and also work on codifying it with an alphabet. And this is rightly so, because education means emancipation. It means light and liberty. It means the uplifting of the soul of the man into the glorious light of truth, the truth and the light by which men can only be made free. History tells us that directly after emancipation, more than 200,000 people, both young and old, in insurrection states were taught to read. And then things get rocky. Because even before emancipation, public education experienced significant headwinds. And that's why Ruby needed four US Marshals to enter that all-white school five years after Brown v. Board of Education. And that's why we're still fighting today to decolonize education here in the state. And I dare say this is all because of white supremacy. And I know that's not something we should be talking about, and I know that makes us uncomfortable, but unless we name it and we call it out, it's going to happen again. White supremacists did not want to educate black students, and they very much wanted to kill the Indian to save the child. From emancipation to Plessy v. Ferguson, from the sale of Alaska to Molly Hooch, there have been many strides that public education has had to fight for. After emancipation, especially in the South, we watched as public teachers went unpaid. School buildings degraded, and white supremacists terrorized anyone who taught a black student. And here in the North, our public education was given over to Western religious institutions, Children were stolen from their homes, identities were lost, and languages disappeared. Our nation's history of education is not pretty. And we know the history of disenfranchisement through segregated education. I think that's why I keep quoting Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Public education is not a given. It's a hard fought for right. Our nation's history tells us that the struggle we're in, the struggle that is happening right now to adequately fund our public schools, to decolonize our curricula, to teach our kids to read, to provide instruction beyond the basics, well, this is a righteous fight. And let me tell you, everyone in this room is on the right side of history. It is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. 
In this fight to fund our public schools, you have become a member of a movement that started well before your time and will exist long past your presence here on this earth. I know being told that this struggle seems endless, feels demoralizing, but I implore you not to give up. I know some of you want to. Don't give up. You are here in Juneau to reaffirm our founding fathers' emphatic belief that education equals not only opportunity, but suffrage. The ballot is the only safety. That quote and many of the other quotes that I've shared today are from Frederick Douglass. For many of you who have been in my office, you have seen my copy of The Souls of Black Folk sitting on my table. It is dog-eared and worn and given to me by my mother. W.B. Du Bois wrote his seminal work based on the life and the fight for emancipation of Frederick Douglass. Their words are timeless. And today you are standing on the front lines in the fight for our children. Their souls are in your hands. Our schools are underfunded. They're under-resourced. And they are bending under the weight of an orchestrated attack. But history tells us that we've been here before and that we have prevailed. Imagine what that school administrator at the William France Elementary went through for Ruby. Imagine what the administrators at public schools in Louisiana and Virginia and North Carolina experienced during integration. The fight for equitable public education will come at a great cost. We've heard some of what that cost might look like. And I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. It's probably gonna get a lot worse. But I need your passion. Our students need your passion. I've watched as perfect has become the enemy of the good, and I've watched devoted education advocates be brought down by partisan politics. In this struggle for free and well-sourced public education, the fight is as righteous as it is long. And I'm here for it. I'm only 40. I thank you again for this invitation, and I thank you for listening to me pontificate. I am getting a PhD in this topic, so I muse about this quite a bit. But it's what I have to think about as the chair of Senate Education. It's not just about funding. It's not just about learning how to read. It's about fighting for what is true and right. And I thank you for fighting with me. been listening to the Empty Office podcast, which is a production of the office of Senator Lukey Gail Tobin. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on Substack, Spotify, and the Apple Podcast app. I'm Mike Mason. Please be safe out there.